Hello, everyone. I am Alexandre Nyamboyaboui, and I'm happy to share the second part of our conversation on the evolution of mobile gaming in Africa with you. Our co-founder, Endile Masugu, and guest host, Osarum and Osamuyi, spoke with Carrie First co-founder and current CEO, Lucy Hoffman. Quick reminder, Unajo is about offering minimal actionable responses in about 15 minutes or less. Carrie First is the leading publisher of mobile games and interactive content in Africa. Last May, the company raised $6 million in a Series A to push mobile games on the continent by introducing a payment solution, PayFirst. How does Carrefour succeed in a gaming field while facing competitors such as Tencent or Facebook? Is the company growing into becoming a fintech? And with every major interaction happening online or on the phone, what is the future of gaming, especially in Africa? Lucy will offer insights to what is happening on the continent and where opportunities for consumers and investors lie. Just a quick heads up, we will be dropping three parts of our African Tech Roundup token drop in the coming few days. When you listen in, you stand a chance to be one of the first few to earn the African Tech Roundup token. If you have not yet had a chance to listen to the initial episodes, please go to your preferred podcast platform and listen in or better yet, you can access them on our African Tech Roundup website. I resonate strongly with your central thesis that, that maybe we're systematically undervaluing gaming as a vector for driving adoption. Lots of the things that you've been saying like, suggest that you believe that to be true. I remember a Wired article about the Mosaic browser um, I think he said, uh, when it comes to smashing a paradigm, pleasure is not the most important thing. It's the only thing. Yes, I love that. <laughs> if we, you know, and by the way, this is backed up by like the fact that many of the biggest apps and services across the continent, without exception, are like either messaging type things or gaming type things or, or social network type things. For example, many of the biggest Nigerian consumer-facing digital services have probably like a million users. Facebook has like 26 million or something um, or, or 27 million. Mm-hmm. Contained with, within that idea, though, is the idea that you don't require as much like local context or as, as many boots on the ground or structures on the ground to succeed in this space. And so can you make the case for like Carfest succeeding and not see a Tencent or a Facebook, given, you know, the difference in development resources, uh, ETC. And, and I'm not sure that just making lighter games or, or lighter apps is sufficient because, again, Facebook's uh, biggest usage comes from, I think, their Facebook Lite app. Um, so so what, what structural advantages does, Car- does Carfest have uh, for driving adoption here uh, and elsewhere? We fundamentally agree that if you're trying to smash a paradigm, as you say, it's easier to do with a carrot rather than a stick. And so, so if, if we're talking about this, like, you know, ever elusive fourth industrial revolution on the continent, I think it's going to happen because people are deciding they're making very personal decisions to come online to invest whatever funds they have in, in buying a smartphone or converting from a feature phone to a smartphone and, and starting to participate probably through entertainment or connection. You know, Facebook has a massive presence in terms of users, but they don't have a lot of focus, and particularly in, in our space. And we think there's there's a lot of room to, to play, right? You have gaming studios in the U.S., 
that are now worth, you know, a couple billion dollars that do very well. And they're also competing with Facebook for people's eyes and attention. I think there's just, there's a lot of space to play and they're not necessarily a competitor. The cool thing about games or mobile content is that you can be on Facebook now or Facebook Lite now and three minutes later decide that you're going to switch over to one of Carrie First's games. And as a consumer, you're not choosing between them. You're consuming multiple of them. Where that may come into play is, is what you decide to download onto your smartphone, which is why we think it's it's really important to have these, these data light apps. But we don't really see them as a competitor. And when we do think about our competitive advantage, more broadly, it's really about focus. Uh, You look at a lot of the big global players and they have minuscule teams on the continent. You know, they're just not focused on on kind of where we're playing right now. Ultimately, I think that's going to change. I think in, you know, three, five, six, seven years, people are going to realize that Africa is sort of the final growth market or quote unquote frontier market and want to have sort of a piece of the action. But I don't think there's a focus now and certainly not an appetite to solve for some of the challenges with marketing and monetizing on the continent. So, you know, we talk, we talk again about, about fintech. We right now have integrated with five different payment partners and are in conversations with another five just to make it possible for our customers to pay us, right? Because they can't simply plug into the app store or Google Play store and be able to use a Visa or MasterCard. And that just requires institutional focus. It requires business development. It requires technical integrations. And we just don't see a lot of the international players that interested. And when they are interested, I think we'll be really well-placed to be a strategic partner for folks looking to understand and scale content across Africa. What sort of baseline numbers over the next short while do you need to land in order to, to make this business model work? I mean, this year we're, we're hoping to get to 5 million monthly active users by the end of the year. But that's sort of an arbitrary number. And if we're in that place, we'll be in, in great position for this business to work. Um, that number could be... 20 million, um, depending on sort of the content that we're able to publish and push and the speed at which we're able to do that. And I think, you know, that's just a fraction of the people who are online on the continent already. So there's a, there's a huge opportunity here and we kind of think it's ours to lose. And so for me, there's a, there's a question, you know, around the universal appeal of say what you call content you're creating for African users to to entertain themselves with inherent to impactful content anyway I think but especially so in Africa is solving for culture and language and I wonder if you don't have an additional burden relative to say massive international titles that you know benefit from quote-unquote universal first world culture, you don't have this additional burden to sort of tailor your offering across, what, 54 countries or whatever. (laughs) You know, to what extent do we need to localize content and make it really relevant? I think the thing about games is there's something kind of automatically universal. You know, Candy Crush is Candy Crush if you're playing it in Southeast Asia or you're playing it in LA or you're playing it in, you know, wherever. It's a match three game and that doesn't need to be localized depending on where you are. There's something just 
kind of human about wanting to make gems or fruits explode. Um, and so that's the kind of the, one of the reasons why games is also, we decided to start with it is because it's actually pretty easily both adopted, but also adaptable. We actually started with what is probably a, a very difficult concept to localize, which was trivia. We saw trivia as a game people love and have played offline for as, you know, as long as probably humans have existed, right? We were, were constantly in competition with each other around knowledge. And we saw some really interesting examples of trivia apps going viral in the US, Europe, China, India, and in South America, and didn't see a really exciting one on the continent. So Carry First Trivia was our first app. Um, and that requires a, a lot of localization. I've been in South Africa now for nearly eight years, and there's a very popular trivia game here called 30 Seconds. Love that game. Half, and delay, it's like half the half the questions are about cricket or rugby, and I am completely at a loss, right? Um, but what we've done with Carry First Trivia is we've worked with local writers, and this is the great thing about kind of where we are in the in the gig economy and what's available to us is we you know we put out job posts and we've gotten you know at this point probably a hundred different freelance writers to submit questions. The content itself is coming from our user base, right? These are young. In the case when we launched in Nigeria, these were young Nigerians who were writing questions that made sense in Nigeria, right? They were about Nigerian business icons, uh, universities, food, language, culture. And when we launched in Kenya, we hired Kenyan freelance writers. And now we invite our users to submit questions. So there's a way of, yes, there's a burden. I think there's really creative, low-cost ways to overcome it. And then more largely, I think games don't need to be localized with the same, like the, the, the hurdle to localize isn't as high as say TV, movies, or, or music. If we were trying to be a game studio and that's kind of all we had aspired to be, we might have a bit more sort of business model risk associated. Really the concept of becoming a publisher is that we're not sort of beholden to creating hits in the same way you might be if, you, if you're just trying to churn out games every year, right? In hopes that one is gonna be your, your Candy Crush or your Farmville. What we're really trying to do is understand and serve consumers first. And so what, what does that mean is, you know, understand the type of marketing and messaging that gets somebody to download an application, give them the payments infrastructure to be able to transact seamlessly, plug into various social communities, whether they're online or importantly, really importantly, offline, so that you can drive adoption of different products and services. And whether that's, you know, games as we started out with or other sorts of digital content that we hope to publish, that's really kind of the area where we're trying to play. And that means that we'll you know, we'll work with app developers and maybe it's not a game. Maybe it's like you have a guy in Kenya or a team in Kenya that's built an awesome dating app. And they have like, they have a really cool concept. It's like really relevant to sort of cultural norms and how we think about dating, um, but have no pathway 
to scale or monetize that application, More, most likely because they don't have the resources. That's where Carry First wants to play, is basically going and finding awesome content that's being produced here or elsewhere and saying, let us help you market and monetize this across the continent. We think that there's a really exciting consumer base. We think there's really suppressed demand for, for mobile content. And you know we're the ones to kind of get it into the hands of our users. And with this community, you can share your comment by leaving your inputs. Go to the website and leave us a wonderful 60-second voice notes that could be featured in the future. 